Well, good morning, Forefront. It's good to see you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. If you guys are tuning in online this morning, welcome. It's good to see you. We are coming to you live from our satellite location in Antarctica this morning. It was negative six when I left the house this morning. So if you guys are home and your warm fleece, blanket, you know, jammies, whatever it is, I hope you guys are doing great. And for those of you that are already on your second or third cup of coffee this morning, we salute you. It's going to be a good day. Hey, if you guys have your Bibles, let's grab those and open up to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7 this morning. We've been in a series called Choices for the past few weeks. And we're looking at Matthew chapter 7, the, the last section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon. And we're seeing how Jesus is telling us how to bring it all together to make choices in our life that help us to live the life that we are created to live. To, to make decisions that are, are good for us, that are good for the people around us, but also that honor God. So this morning we're going to talk about one of the, probably the most well-known, if not one of the most well-known uh, concepts in the Bible, and, and probably one of the most misunderstood concepts in the Bible, and that is the golden rule. Now when I say golden rule, I think most of you have an idea what I'm talking about. Most of you have kind of a, maybe a definition, a working definition in your mind. We might all define it differently, but it goes something like this. Treat others as you want to be treated, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. And believe it or not, some of you, you may not know this, but prior to Jesus, this idea of the golden rule was, had been circulating for, 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 I mean, for, for hundreds of years. Uh, Stoics and, and, and ancient thinkers and, and, and Jewish elite um, rabbis had taught this idea of treat others as you want to be treated. So he, here's an example. Uh, Confucius in the 4th century, he says this. He says, do not to others what you would not wish done to yourself. Sounds a lot like the golden rule. How about Socrates, the, the ancient Greek philosopher? Socrates says this, do not do to others what you or what would anger you if done to you by others. Kind of a, a tongue tire. Uh, the Mahabharata, which was a, an ancient Hindu poem, says it this way. It says, do not to others which, if done to thee, would cause thee pain. And uh, about a century before Jesus, uh, Rabbi Hillel, one of the elite famous Jewish thinkers, says it this way. He says, what is hateful to you, do not do to anyone else. So there's just this general concept from a, a social morality that we need to treat others the way we want to be treated. There's just this concept that, that I think we can all agree upon, that this is what is good for relationships. This is what is good for humanity. And I don't know about you guys, but I think sometimes the golden rule can be sort of a cliché. It's something that, uh, it's like something you read on a coffee cup or on a Valentine's Day card. It, it makes sense. Uh, it sounds good. It's even motivating. But it's hard. And... Let's be honest, if we look at history as our proof, we haven't been very good at keeping the golden rule. I was reading an article this week about uh, a conflict that's going on in Myanmar. If you guys don't know where Myanmar is, it's, it's near Thailand. I uh, put a picture of a map up here uh, in between Bangladesh and Laos and just northwest of Thailand. And uh, there's a, a military coup going on right now in Myanmar. There's a civil war that's been going on, and there's this battle. Right now, there's 15 different armed rebel groups that are trying to seize control of Myanmar. And Myanmar is not a very big place. It's it formerly known as Burma. You may know it as Burma. It's 54 million people in the entire country. And so I was, I was reading this article and come to find out that this conflict has been going on since 1948. And in 1962, the democracy fell, and then it's been government, military, rebel groups, people rising up. 
for 60 years, there's been this civil war going on 60 years. And I, I think some of us, we wonder, how can something last that long? How can somebody over the course of 60 years not say, what's going to be good for the other person? Why don't we start treating others the same way we want to be treated? And so it's kind of shocking to hear this story, but I think when we look at our own lives, and we look at our own country, and we look at our own relationships, and we look at our own friendships, and our own households, and our own workplaces, I wonder, how are we doing with that question too? Are we doing a good job of wondering what is good for other people and are we asking the question, how do we treat others the same way we want to be treated? Because when I look around at relationships, what I see is that relationships seem much more reciprocal. Meaning, I treat you like you treat me. And I think because of that, the world around us is messy and broken. And relationships are messy and broken. So I, I think one of the questions, when we read the golden rule, and we come across this section in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, is we wonder, is the golden rule even possible? Is this idea of the golden rule just some abstract idea that's good, that's going to be on a nice motivational poster in the break room or on a coffee cup? Or is this something we can actually live in our lives? And according to Jesus here in Matthew 7, it is. And that the golden rule actually, if we can live it out, has the power to change our lives. It has the power to revolutionize our relationships, our friendships, our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, this nation, this world. But to live out the golden rule, we have a choice to make. And that is the choice to see people differently. And so this morning I want to kind of camp out on this idea for a few minutes of the golden rule and try to understand what is it? What, what is it really? How have we misunderstood it? And how do we actually live it out in our lives? So if you've got your Bibles open, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Just one verse this morning. Matthew 7, verse 12. Jesus says this. He says, So... Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Forefront, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for uh, just this time together this morning. And what a cold day it is, but uh, we can come together uh, for those of us in the room this morning and just point our eyes to you. Those of you tuning in online this morning, uh, warm at home, uh, we, can, we can come together and still open your word and, and see that you're teaching us something that is beyond ourselves, something that is bigger th than, than me. Um, and so, Father, I pray this morning, uh, just, uh, speak to us through your word. Help us to see how the golden rule is not just something we should try but, but it's something that will change our lives if we could just choose to, to step into it and live into that. Father, I want to pray for uh, just our nation right now. I want to pray for those who, who are sick and, and uh, who are battling health challenges. Lord, we pray for Roy Stevens as he's recovering from hip surgery. Pray that he, he's going to quickly get back to 100%, Lord, and, and that you'll give him the strength he needs while he's rehabbing that hip. Lord, we pray for Mike Wharton as uh, he's uh, had a six-hour back surgery this week, and the surgery was a success, and uh, he's starting to feel better. And uh, Lord, we just pray for the doctors to continue to give them uh, positive, uh, positive notes uh, that he is recovering well. Father, I know that it's been um, just a, a wild ride that we've been on for this last year, but we, Lord, we know that you are good. We just sang that. God, you are so good. And in the midst of all the chaos and difficulty, Lord, there's those blessings that are just in front of us if we would only look for them. So, Father, I pray today, help us look for the way that you are working in our lives to be reminded of what we're thankful for, the blessings that you have given us, because, God, you are so good. So, Father, as we leave today, I pray we look more like Jesus than when we came. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 
Amen. So Matthew chapter 7, uh, if you've been tracking with us through, these, uh, through, through this series, through the Sermon on the Mount, you'll probably notice that this verse comes at a really interesting place. Uh, the golden rule comes at a, a place that doesn't really seem to fit. You know, for two plus chapters, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of heaven. What it looks like to, to be a, a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. What it looks like to, to live in relationship uh, in that kingdom of heaven. How we're supposed to, uh, to respond to uh, the people around us. And, and then we get to chapter 7 and then Jesus tells us don't judge. He tells us to ask, seek, and knock when it comes to, to prayer. And I thought Paul Mitten did an amazing job last week of walking us through that. And then we come to this verse, Matthew 7, verse 12, where Jesus says this. So, so what? So, whatever you do, however you want other people to treat you, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. I like how the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, translate this. Translate this. Notice it. It says this. Instead of so, it says, therefore. Therefore, whatever... You want others to do for you, do also the same for them. Now, it's kind of cheesy, but we talked a while back about what do we do when we see the word therefore? We're supposed to ask, what is therefore? Therefore. See, you guys are good. Good job, class. So we have to ask, what is the therefore, therefore? Is Jesus summing up how we're supposed to judge? Is Jesus summing up how we're supposed to ask, seek, and knock through prayer? Or is there something else going on? Well, uh, the, uh, the majority of, of your Bible scholars will say that what Jesus is doing is he's not talking about judging. He's not talking about praying. What he's actually doing is he's summing up a large section of the Sermon on the Mount. That Jesus has been teaching us what it looks like to, to live in the kingdom of God and how we're supposed to have relationships with one another. And that here in Matthew 7, 12, Jesus is actually putting a bookend on something he started all the way back in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Now, I'm sure you guys remember that. I'm sure you guys remember that sermon back in September on Matthew 5, 17. You guys probably still talk at lunch about how that sermon changed your life. You'll never be the same. But just in case you forgot, here's a quick refresher of what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17. He says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets, but instead I came to fulfill them. And so we, we talked about Jesus came, people thought he, he was going to get rid of the Old Testament law, all this stuff that wasn't going to apply anymore, and now Jesus was going to usher in uh, this, 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 new, uh, this new way of living. And Jesus said, look, I did not come to get rid of this law. I did not come to get rid of, of the law. Not, he says later, not an iota, not a dot, not a jot or a tittle are going to be taken away from the law. And then notice what he says in verse 20. He says this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is really getting at our hearts. And he's saying, everybody wants to know what's the, the box I need to check. What is the rules I need to keep? But it's beyond that. Life in the kingdom of God is not about checking a box or keeping a rule. It's about the hard attitude for being the person God has called you to be. So for two plus chapters, Jesus says things like this. He says, do not just not murder people, but instead hold each other in high regard. He says, don't just not commit adultery, but instead see everybody as an image bearer of God. Don't get divorced, but see marriage as sacred. He says, don't just keep oaths, but love truth. He says things like, don't just hold back vengeance, but go the extra mile. 
Don't just not collect things on earth, but live in light of eternity. Don't just not judge other people, but let God change you so that you can help other people become the best version of themselves. It's not about rules. It's not about checking the box. It's about being the person God has called you to be. And so then Jesus tells us all of this about living in the kingdom of God. And then he says, so, therefore... Do unto others as you want others to do unto you. He says, let me give you one memorable principle to tie the entire Sermon on the Mount together. And it's this. It's the golden rule. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, go and do for them. See, I think this is really important for us to see here forefront. See, the golden rule is not just one thing you do in a line of things to live for God. The golden rule is the one thing that you do that makes all the other things possible. Does that make sense? It's not just one thing in a list. It's the one thing that makes every other thing possible. And so here's what Jesus is teaching us. He's showing us this, that the golden rule is at the center of what it means to follow Jesus. That being a believer, being a follower of Jesus, the center of that is living by this golden rule. One day Jesus is... Uh, out and about with his disciples, and he's teaching, and a lawyer comes up to him in Matthew 22. And the lawyer says to Jesus, Jesus, teacher, rabbi, what is the most important commandment of the law? In Luke 10, Luke tells us this way. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You guys, if you're familiar with the, with the verse, this is what Jesus says. He, he says this in Matthew 22, verse 37. He says, the most important commandment of all is you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice verse 40. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Recognize that all the law and the prophets. Didn't we just read that somewhere? Matthew 7, 12, what did Jesus say? Do unto others the same way you want them to do to you. On this is the law and the prophets. When we see that phrase, the law and the prophets, it's Jesus' way of saying the Old Testament, everything that God has said, the law that God gave, all the prophets that came and spoke, all is summed up in this concept of love God and love people. Love God and love people. That's the center. See, I, often I think we think of the center of Christian faith as we go to church and we read our Bibles and we pray and we tithe and, and we do these kind of things. And then how we treat other people is you know, it's, it's kind of an add-on. How we treat other people is kind of on the fringe. You know, I've got my, my faith over here. It's this individual thing. But how I treat other people, it's something, you know, I'll try to do it. But notice that Jesus ties these things together. He's saying everything is God, God has said relies on these things. Love God and love people. So how does Jesus say we're supposed to love God? With everything, right? Heart, soul, mind, strength. How are we supposed to love other people? As ourselves. We love them as ourselves. And that does sound familiar, doesn't it? It sounds something like treating others the same way you want to be treated. I think we just read that somewhere. See, at the root of what it means to follow Jesus, Jesus is saying is love. It's being able to receive love from God and then being able to take that love that God gives us and then display it and show it and give it to other people. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And if we 
decide that we're just going to love God but not other people, then we're getting it wrong. We're looking at it backwards. And see, as we consider these words, I think there's a question we have to ask ourselves. And let's just, let's just be honest with ourselves for a moment here. If we ask God, God, grade me on my love for you by how I'm loving other people, how would God grade us? If we said, God, show me my love for you by how I show love for other people, what grade would God give you? Are you loving others as yourself? Are you asking what, does other, what do other people want? What would I want if I was in their situation? See, that question stings. I don't know about for you, but that question stings for me. Because I think often it's easy for us to get into this mode of individualism, right? Where we think it's me first and, and we get to the point where it's easy to become selfish. And that's why we get distracted with the things that we want, that we want them right now. And this is the way we want them to happen. And I think because of that, we have a habit of compartmentalizing our faith. We say, well, my, my faith is mine. My faith is my relationship with God. It's individual. But then my faith doesn't spill over into my relationships. And because of that, we have people that love God who are terrible spouses, we have people who say they love God who are domineering parents. There are people who say they love God who are terrible bosses and terrible coworkers and who are rude to people across the counter when they're at the coffee shop and the restaurant. It's the reason people can say they love God but own other people. The people can say they love God but think that the color of their skin makes them superior. The people can say they love God and not value the dignity of human life. God, Jesus says, these things work together. They go hand in hand. You can't say you love God and not love other people. That doesn't work. That doesn't come together as one. My, my friends, we can compartmentalize our faith. Your faith isn't something you do. Your faith is who you are. And so Jesus says the golden rule is at the center of who we are. And I think the, maybe the best way for us to tell how we're loving God is by asking, how am I loving you? And how are we loving one another. Jesus says that's the center of the kingdom of heaven. But I think Jesus is also teaching us something else here. He's teaching us this, that the golden rule changes how we see people. That the golden rule changes the way I see you and the way that you see me. I mean, look back at Matthew 7, verse 12 again. Notice what he says. He says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. I want you to notice something. Let's look back at those quotes, right? Let's look back at those ancient quotes. Let's look at Confucius for a second. What did Confucius say? He says, do not to others what you would not wish done to you. How about Socrates? What did Socrates say? Socrates said, do not do to others what would anger you if done by others. Do you notice a trend? No, what's going on there? Notice how it's always the negative. Don't do this. Do not do that. If you wouldn't want that done to you, then don't do it to somebody else. And to us, that makes sense, right? We're like, yeah, that's the golden rule. But I want you to notice what Jesus is doing. Jesus is changing the golden rule. He's taking it up a notch, like he always does, by the way. Because what happens when we look at everything through the negative? We become passive. We say, well, I, don't want, I would never want you to say something that hurts me, so I just won't say anything at all to you. I don't, want you, I don't want you to do something that hurts me, so I just won't do anything to you. And we like it because it gives us, a, 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 it gets us off the hook. And it's easy. Hey, don't be a jerk. That's basically what it says, right? Don't be a jerk. We should get bumper stickers. Don't be a jerk. 
www.forefrontchurch.tv. Right? Just slap that on the back of your car. Don't be a jerk. We like don't be a jerk. But notice what Jesus does. Notice what Jesus is doing here. He's taking it a whole different way. Look back at verse 12. He says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do, highlight that, underline that, star that, do to them. See, it's not just don't treat others how you don't want to be treated. Notice, this is huge. This is big. This changes the golden rule. It means the way that you want or wish others would treat you, you need to actually go and treat them that way. See, I, I, forefront, when we get this, when this sinks deep in our heart, this changes everything. This changes the complete approach to relationships. It changes everything. A few weeks ago, we were um, talking about the, the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And if you guys remember the story, Jesus had just really found out some really bad news. Jesus' friend, John the Baptist, had, had died. Jesus just found out about it. Jesus was mourning his friend. The disciples come back from a long missionary journey. They're tired. And so Jesus decides, hey, guys, it's time for us to go on a little retreat, a little R&R. We're going to go up into the mountains, get a cabin, sit back around the fire, and just relax. So they get in the boat. They start to work their way across the water. And what happens? If you guys remember, a crowd shows up, huge crowd, 20,000 people crowd. And it says that Jesus had compassion on them. Now, it would have been really easy for Jesus to say, you know, guys, right now what I really need is some rest. You know, guys, my, my friend just died. What I really need is to go and get some quiet time by myself. And we would have understood that. But that isn't what Jesus did. Jesus said, what is best for them? If I was in their shoes, what would I want? And we see that Jesus had compassion on them, went and healed the sick and that he fed the 5,000, which we believe is 20,000 people when you add one of the children, off of five loaves of bread, five little rolls, and two fish. Jesus had compassion. He was moved by what was best for the other person. So I think what God wants us to see, when we start to look at people through the lens of what, how God sees people, when we start to look at people through the lens of how God wants us to treat other people, it changes the way I see people, and it revolutionizes my friendships, my, my relationship with my family, my coworkers, our relationship as a church family. It changes everything because I see you the way that God sees you. So just imagine, how, how would this play out in your life? Just imagine at work. If you ask the question, how would I want my coworkers to treat me? I want them to treat me with respect, and I want them to treat me with dignity, and I want them to treat me with honor. Jesus says, go and treat them that way. What about with our families? I don't know about you guys, but it just seems like often, I remember my dad telling me this as a kid when I'd come home, and I'd start off to him, and he'd say, do you talk to your teacher that way? Do you talk to your coach that way? No, Dad, I don't. Right? I, sometimes we talk to our families like we wouldn't talk to anybody else. I think Jesus is saying, how do you want your family to treat you? That's the way you need to treat your family. If you're a boss, how would you want your boss to treat you? Then you need to go and treat your employees the same way. If you were the barista at Starbucks or wherever you went, if you were the waiter or, or, or the server at, at that restaurant, how would you want the person sitting at the table to treat you? Jesus is saying you need to treat them that way. That respect and that dignity, that compassion, that grace that you want people to show you, you need to be the one that shows it first in every 
relationship in your life. That is how you live out the golden rule, by becoming the spouse or the roommate or the friend or the boss or the coworker or the customer that you would want somebody to show you. See, that's the golden rule. It's not waiting for somebody else to not do something. It's to go and actually do something. That's the golden rule. Now, I think sometimes we think in our mind, okay, that makes sense, but what if I wouldn't want that thing done to me, right? Like, what if somebody needs to be fired? If you ask that person, hey, do you want to be fired? No, actually, I don't. I want to raise. Go work on that for me, right? <laughs> like, you ask, like, my daughter, Emma. Hey, Emma, do you want to be disciplined for, for spouting off to your mom? No, actually, Dad, I want to eat more Cheetos and watch more Mysterious Doug on YouTube, right? Okay, go ahead and do what you want. See, that's not the golden rule. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying. It's not just do what you would want. Sometimes there's hard conversations that I have to have. But here's the question. When you have to have that hard conversation, it's, it's asking, how would I want somebody to have that hard conversation with me? If I need to be let go, how would I want my boss to let me go? If I need to be disciplined, how would I want my parent to come and discipline me? It's asking those questions ahead of time. And I don't know about you guys, but some of the most difficult conversations I've had in my life, done the right way, have molded me and shaped me into becoming the person I am today. And I've got a lot of work to do and a long way to go. But when we step in and do hard, have hard conversations the right way, it grows us. And God uses that to change us. So I think Jesus wants us to see this. It, it all starts with where we look and how we see and so God wants us to lift our eyes up and focus on the vertical, which is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. See, when we look at the horizontal, we get caught up in fear and insecurity and worry, and it turns into a power struggle and reciprocal, reciprocal relationships. But when we look up to the vertical, we start to see people as God sees them. That means I realize the kingdom of God is coming. And guess what? I see you in light of who you will be in the kingdom of God. And that means that I can love you even when we don't agree. I can love you even when you don't believe the same things I believe. I can love you even when you are living a lifestyle that I don't agree with because I'm seeing you through the lens of someone who was made by God and loved by God and that God sent his son here to this earth to give his life for. Forefront, this changes the way we'll see relationships. In the NIV, it's translated like this. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. The Greek for that word everything, it means everything. So Jesus is saying, does it matter? Hard conversations, difficult challenges. Show people the love that you want them to show you. So you guys ready? You guys ready to go do this? Everybody feel good? You guys motivated? Sounds simple, right? most difficult thing we're ever going to do in our entire lives. Sounds simple. It's so hard. It's so hard. And here's the reality. I think this is one thing that Jesus shows us over and over again through, the, through his word, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, that the golden rule is impossible without Jesus. See, I think sometimes we say, yeah, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to start treating people better. I'm going to start thinking. I'm going to pull myself up in my bootstraps. I'm going to work hard. But the reality is we can never do this on our own. My natural tendency is to think of me first. I am never going to learn on my own to start thinking of you before I think of me. That is why we have to have Jesus at work in our life, constantly being reminded that he came and gave his life for me and for you. And so now he calls me to do the same too. 
I love what John says, 1 John 4. Notice what he says. He says, Dear friends, let us want, love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see how that works? We start to realize that God loved us, that God did this for us, that God put us first, that God saw what we needed, and we turn around and start to ask, what do you need? How would I want you to treat me in that situation? And it changes and it revolutionizes our relationships. But it takes a lot of work. And it takes a daily look to the cross and to the gospel to remember what God did for us. So forefront, we need help in this if we're going to live out the golden rule. So I want to just take a couple minutes as we close. And I want, I want to ask God to help us here. So if you're here in the room, pull out your phone, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. If you're tuning in online and you're watching on your phone, don't use your phone. Go grab something else. But if you're at home on the laptop or the, or the tablet, go grab a piece of paper and a pen. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to, to really kind of dig in here, and I want us to ask a couple questions. Because I think we need God's help to live out the golden rule. But we need God to help us to see where we've gone wrong. So here, I want you guys to, and, and everybody, I want you to do this, okay? I want you to come up, when, when I ask this question, somebody's name's going to pop in your head. I want you to write that name down, okay? Here's your first question. Who is someone that you feel God is calling you to love as you want to be loved? Who is someone in your life that God is putting on your mind, that God is bringing up to you right now, that he's calling you to love the same way that you want to be loved? It could be a friend. It could be a coworker, It could be somebody in your life group. But God's calling you to step out and love them the same way he, you would want them to love you. And once you have your name, I want you to write down, how are you going to do that? How are you going to love them that way? Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe you're, you're going to step into their story. You're going to put their shoes on, and you're going to try to understand what they're going through. And you're going to meet a need. You're going to do exactly what you would want them to do for you. Second question. This one's a little harder. Second question is this. Who is someone that you haven't loved well? Who is somebody in your life that you haven't done a very good job of wondering what is best for them? Write their name down. Who is that person that God is calling you to step in and admit that you haven't loved them well? And here's your follow-up question. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to make that right? What are you going to do to show them the love of Jesus? See, Jesus says, forefront, that the kingdom of God advances through our lives and the way that we receive the love of God and show that love to others. And so we have to see that we have to change the way we see other people. You see that God has put you in a position, in a situation where he's placed others, people around you so that you can speak into their life and you can show them the love of Jesus that will change their lives for good. So forefront, this week we're going to step back out into our everyday lives, into our workplaces, into back to school. We're going to step back into our families. 
And Jesus has called us to something that's bigger than ourselves. He's called us to something that's going to be so hard and such a challenge. But with his help, we can do it. We can do it together. And as we do it together, we will change this world for good and for God's glory. Jesus says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's be kingdom people this week. Let's pray together.